it almost feels like kind of the fundamentals, the basics of SEO. And it's often where there's things you can make one tweak on a template that does something across the website and can have a really big impact. So, and that's what I tend to look for mostly is the what can take the least effort to have the biggest impact. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, guys. Welcome. Today, we are going to discuss more about ACO audits, how you can analyze websites to find critical errors because I often see when we get so many errors in ACO audits, but we don't know what to fix, where to pay more attention, critical errors. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Jeff Kennedy. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Jeff, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Yeah, so um, myself, I'm an independent consultant these days. Um, I split my time between SEO and a bit of farming, just to mix things up a little bit. My background's been mainly SEO, but uh, a bit of all sorts of marketing, to be honest. I've done a bit of paid in the past, affiliate things like that. Um, I also worked with SEO tool Sitewolf for a while. Um, so I'm a little bit biased on my tool set there. Um, yeah, I've done it for a while. I've been in-house agency side, so I've seen a little bit of all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Jeff, I want to ask about your unique selling proposition or strong sides, because in marketing, we always analyze strong sides of products. Uh, and I usually tell my clients, please ignore strong sides of your competitors. If you can see they are successful with something, it doesn't mean we can overcome them because uh, someone deserves ranking positions it takes time but it's important to consider your strong side jeff can you tell uh, about your consulting business uh, why you are better than a million consultants online i don't know agencies freelancers so why you are better how you can help better than anybody else um, well, I hope I can help better than everyone else. <laughs> um, I I think the main thing that I think helps me a lot is having breadth of experience. Um, there's a lot of um, people specialize in a lot of areas, whether that be specific area of SEO or paid or anything. Um, and I've worked within quite a lot of businesses and having that business perspective uh, I found really helps me um, and being able to prioritize things from that business perspective. I think with SU audits particularly, that's one of the big things I focus a lot on is prioritization and making sure it's things that work for the business, not just for SEO. Um, because I mean, we all know traffic doesn't necessarily mean money at the end of the day and profit so you've really got to pull things back to that and i think that's something that i've focused on for quite a while now mm -hmm. awesome awesome uh jeff um you know if i have a guitar it doesn't mean that i can play 
on guitar. Uh, if I have a ball, I need to train how to play uh, soccer or basketball, any other sport. Uh, it's the same with tools because I remember someone asked me why I need to cooperate with consulting or uh, companies uh, if I have HRF, SEMrush, many other tools because because you need to understand data from these tools. Can you tell how you learn data? Uh, which tools you love more uh, that must have in your tool set and how you watch this data differently? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, my main tool set, uh, like I say, I'm a little bit biased towards Sightbulb because I worked there for a while. Um, Screaming Frog I've always used as well. So, I mean, they're my sort of core crawling tools um, when it comes to the, the sort of the on-site stuff. I use Ahrefs as well. Um, I have used SEM Rush in the past. To be honest, I don't find a massive amount of difference between the two of them. So I think in terms of a, a core set of tools, as long as you have a decent crawler and uh, something that will cover your links and the, the off-site side of things. Um, Beyond that, I use a lot of smaller tools. Um, to be honest, I can't remember a lot of the names, but sort of plugins and things I go do for specific jobs. Um, so they're the sort of things that I don't necessarily use for every audit. Um, but most of the work I do goes through Sightbulb. Um, and that's my starting point before I start investigating issues. And I mean, going back to what you were saying before about sort of a tool is just a tool. You've got to know what to do with it, what to do with the data and how to analyze it. And that kind of goes back to the original point I made is that a lot of these tools, they'll flag up loads of issues or opportunities and things, but unless that works for your business, it's a bit meaningless. And I think mm -hmm. they can be they can be dangerous at times as well. Like, I mean, you get all of these recommendations, you plug your site in, you get told all these things you need to fix, but whether they're going to make a difference, um, you can't tell just from that output. And sometimes the you don't know the underlying problems. Another thing that I try to focus a lot on as well is going beyond the, the symptoms. So the symptoms of the problem, there's no point going back to a client and saying, oh, well, this is your problem you need to go a bit further and figure out why they're having that problem. And then beyond that, how they might fix it. I mean, you can't always go all the way to having the, the complete solution. Sometimes that's up to the developers or whoever, but you need to know why, I mean, if they've got a, a thousand issues on a, a single template across the website, you can sometimes pick up, oh, well, I know this is a, a common issue in like Shopify or something like that. So then you can give them recommendations how to resolve that rather than just you've got mm -hmm. a broken canonical or something like that, which doesn't give a lot of value. Mm -hmm. so, um, I, I think I've got away from the original question there, but uh, hopefully yeah, that yeah, makes valuable. sense. Yeah, valuable. Uh, I don't know if you get such requests, but I often get the request uh, to help uh, with creating a new website without technical errors. I usually deny, I don't know how to do it because if you create a website, you need to develop, innovate, even the first version you need to fix. And I usually reply, if you wanna have a website without errors, then uh, consider Google guideline, you know, you can learn from that. But tools can help to figure out what kind of errors we can 
get and if you create complex content yeah you will have such errors uh, can you tell about choosing critical errors for example if i check amazon i can find a lot of errors so amazon doesn't care a lot amazon gets a lot of traffic you know wikipedia gets a lot of traffic but these websites have uh, a lot of errors and if i check with page speed insights i can see many errors so i think screaming frog can show the same picture so tell your boss how to find critical errors um i think it varies site to site i think that's the most important thing like i mean you mentioned amazon there's a lot of problems that they have on that site that for anyone else would probably be a pretty big deal but because of who they are and the presence that they have they can get away with it um and it's not a big deal but i think it's it's looking at things critically i mean i, I tend to have a few different um sets of considerations i go through i mean the the layers of consideration i have um is usually sort of the business so is this important to the business if it's a um publishing website versus an e-commerce um, website they're going to have different priorities one is trying to get visits to the site just get eyeballs on there another's got to get sales so is it impacting the business priorities um is it impacting the seo fundamentals so is it stopping your site getting indexed um right at the top end is it, it well i suppose before that is it stopping your site getting crawled for a start and then you work your way back from that so at the other end of the scale there you maybe have opportunities for the likes of structured data and things i mean i see a lot of people focusing on broken structured data which yes you should fix and things but if Google isn't able to crawl your website, your structured data is kind of irrelevant. So you need to work out like what are the most critical parts there, which is exactly what you've seen. So the, I quite like the um, the model Moz came out with years ago of, um, of SEO priorities. They've got uh, their own version of the um, um, Maslow's priority triangle pyramid. Sorry. Um, and that's really good um, if you do Google for um, Moslo's priorities, you should be able to find that. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the latter two parts I've got on there is um, the current search landscape. So it varies. I'll often see people recommend, a, recommend that you've got to fix something on the site, which is no longer something that Google's taken notice of. That's sort of, the, I mean, the likes of FAQs, there's no point going in fixing all of your FAQ markup necessarily as a priority if Google's no longer pulling it into rich results. Mm -hmm. And then the industry or vertical, and there's so much differentiation between different industries. So what might be a priority in one is not necessarily for the other. So the likes of um, recently I was working with a, a medical website and EAT stuff is a massive thing for them. So they've got to focus on that, whereas the likes of an e-commerce platform, their priority is going to be their product listings. So it, it really depends on what the nature of the business is. Awesome. Yeah, valuable. Um, I think Amazon creates own standards because, for example, as a user, I can use Amazon. And for me, it's more important that I have actual data uh, website loads so fast 
even having a lot of content. Uh, if I open any page, I can get results for a moment, less than a second. Uh, I can find almost everything. And I think Amazon doesn't care about standards that we have online. Yeah. Uh, if you have such web developers, a great team, <laughs> probably you can create your own standard. But if you have no such resources like Jabezos has, so it's better to pay attention to uh, common standards that we have online. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and I know Amazon can invest billion dollars uh, to website speed, and according to some data, uh, people bounce websites. Twenty uh, percent of people bounce websites uh, after uh, three seconds, so it doesn't take a lot of time to leave website if it's loading uh, slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, SEO did we can divide in different parts. It's not about technical optimization. We started with technical optimization, but we can analyze content. We can analyze even link building, many different things. Can you tell uh, where you pay more attention or uh, you can have equal attention to different parts because i know some webmasters can ignore the building and it works well for them uh, some of them get million traffic and they they don't care Prob they have uh, authority that's cool i think uh, for new websites it's better to start with link building but if you have muscles you know <laughs> you don't need link building so tell uh, how you divide seo deeds uh, important part of seo deeds and where you pay more attention um yeah i think it's a really tricky one because i know it, it's a bit of a, a cop out and saying it does vary between every business and like you were saying before i mean the the links is the obvious example of that because although some businesses you might be able to say well they don't need to uh, worry too much about links but that's only because they've usually got either really good content or something that is driving links naturally or very little competition, one of the two. Um, so I think there's different layers. I mean, obviously going back to the same prioritization scale I said before that you need to look at it from a point of view of your core objectives obviously got to be getting into Google to start off with. If you haven't got them technical things sorted, um, and then it's the quality of your content, and then the links are the, the authority signals on top of that. So they're the two layers, that, the, sorry, the, the three layers that I would normally go to, sort of having links last, technical first, content middle, links last, but there's different elements within all of them that come higher or lower than other parts. So it's really tricky you've got to balance all three of them i think um i mean most of my focus these days tends to be on the on-site and i i've done a lot of link building in the past and i i try to focus more on the content-led side of things and obviously in some industries that's a lot more difficult than others but uh i think if you can tie it in with the rest of the business, that can really help as well. I mean, we all know about sort of how you utilize PR to get links and things like that. But sometimes it's using your products, using your product team to how you can get them things or sponsorship and things like that. And I think that's where you find 
that uh, some businesses do really well because other parts of their businesses, other parts of the business are doing the SEO job for them. So they're getting links or they're producing really amazing content things. So it's they're doing SEO, but not from an SEO perspective. And I think that's going back to originally what I said, where I hope that I offer more value is trying to pull them different parts of the business together. So what isn't necessarily considered SEO, but get SEO benefit out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great, great. Uh, Zeb, um, if we uh, need to analyze a website, let's talk about a small website, not big one, like less than 100 pages. Uh, how long does it take to check such websites from your experience? I know it depends on the content, but for the average data, how long does it take from your experience? Small website, it, it can take as long as you want. <laughs> I know that's exactly the, the answer you just said there, but there is an element of, if it was a small website, running a crawl doesn't take too long. I'll tend to find some of the biggest issues within the first few hours. So when I'm looking at something small, so I'll roughly know where the problems are. So within two, three hours, I'll have a rough idea what the issues are, how long it takes to actually investigate them. That's and find come up with solutions. I think that's where it'll take longer. So, I mean, small sites relative as well. So to say small site being, um, say, 500, 1,000 pages, um, mm -hmm. I would estimate sort of two or three days sometime looking at that. You would probably get enough value out of that to get some impact by making them changes. There, there does become a... Um, an element of diminishing returns because like you were saying before there's no such thing as a perfect website there's always going to be errors and you can end up spending forever looking aside and come up with the smallest little problems so i think sometimes you've got to look at it the other way around and think well how long do i want to spend on this um how long am i going and how long am i going to take before I do another one. So maybe it's worthwhile doing two days now, find your biggest issues, but you're going to audit again in a month's time or two months time, whatever. So it, it depends on the situation as well, whether you're doing it yourself versus you're employing someone else to do it. Um, but the, yeah. I think the biggest thing is finding the, the biggest issues or, or opportunities that are going to make the biggest impact for you in the shorter space of time. Um, and sometimes that doesn't take too long at all. Yeah, love it, love it. Awesome. Uh, and uh, I found from my experience, these errors can appeal from nowhere. Even if you mm -hmm. check, if you even you fix, <laughs> you can get uh, more errors uh, in the next day. I don't know <laughs> and how, but uh, it's part of the job to check websites all the time, uh, even bug testing. I remember when we lost like plus 100K uh, because some uh, features didn't work properly. 
we didn't know about that so users balance and we found only after a few weeks we analyzed and got it whoa what's going on <laughs> uh yeah and because errors appeal uh all the time i don't know how yeah. and why but uh, it's part of the job to check it uh, jeff i wanna ask about um uh, your living niche in SEO audit for example uh, I I spoke with many experts great experts including Neil Patel uh, Rand Fishkin uh, Craig Campbell Lily Ray uh, and I found all of them uh, are good with someone uh, okay if you speak about Neil Patel and Rand Fishkin we can uh, say this guys are so good you know SEO gurus but even they are have they have like strong sides uh, and what i found uh, people who have a uh, background in writing usually pay attention to content to uh, how content was written uh, someone with design experience usually check ux you know someone yeah. with uh, web development experience uh, can tell it's important to have website speed you know many things and uh, i can't say someone wrong or right it depends because uh, if you use your strong side you can get results and they have a proven record uh, can you tell what is your strong side of uh, such things because you know when i check websites i usually read uh, text and ux uh, sometimes i can forget about uh, technical errors okay i i give this task to my team but anyway <laughs> i just uh, analyze what i like more so uh, tell where you pay more attention um i i think i'm in a similar area so i i tend to be a little bit of the middle ground so um in previous roles i've often been technical um so by, by title at least um these days i definitely wouldn't consider myself a technical seo as there's some very technical people um and the way some of the the platforms have gone um i do tend to focus quite a bit on uh ux and accessibility and things like that um because they usually have quite a strong impact on seo and the the likes of structure of websites and that sort of thing so that's where i, I spend a lot of my time and um i tend to find that's where some of the issues are that have the biggest impact so the the organization of content and the, the url structures and things like that and a lot of the um that ties in with internal linking and things so i mean obviously you've got your um like your body content internal linking but structured internal linking so the likes of the things that you would find in the ux and your menus and your breadcrumbs and things like that so it's it almost feels like kind of the fundamentals the basics of seo and it's often where there's things you can make one tweak on a template that does something across the website and can have a really big impact so and that's what i tend to look for mostly is the what what can take the least effort to have the biggest impact yeah yeah user um, experience is very important very important google yeah. pays so much attention to ux today and when i started my journey in 2008 i ignored ux i created content for search 
engines. I had a team of writers who wrote about anything, about weight loss finance, about everything. Google ran well. Then Google fired this team. Okay, I fired this team, but uh, Google helped me to do it. You know, and today we pay more attention to someone who have experience with the topic. And um, you mentioned about UX. I love this topic. Uh, and uh, le let me share some of my mistakes. Not mistakes even. Uh, I think um, when you don't, when you have no deep knowledge about some niches, it doesn't mean you can use uh, best practices. For example, uh, once I helped online an online game, a popular game, uh, to get traffic, and I gave recommendations. We need to make uh, to increase the size of some buttons features because it's hard to see them. Most users can't see them, uh, yeah. but I got a reply. They don't need to see them <laughs> more uh, because users uh, are not advanced and advanced users can find everything. So only 18% of advanced users play this game. If they need to find these buttons, they will find. But uh, audience consists of people who want to play games. They don't care about these features, about anything. They want to play uh, from the beginning. Uh, the second issue was with uh, investing website. Uh, I proposed uh, to write more deep content, but got reply, we don't need to do it because uh, uh, traders uh, don't need it. They need uh, solutions, uh, simple solutions. Uh, it's not like in uh, on average studies when uh, long content rank higher because it depends on the audience. So, Jeff, yeah. can you tell how to analyze audience before giving such recommendations uh, and lead the projects in the right direction? That's a tricky one. <laughs> Looking yeah. at the audience, I think it's really difficult. Um, I mean, obviously, the the sort of the keyword background um, that gives a good indication. I mean, it's not necessarily the audience as such, but um, I think that can be really powerful. Looking at how people are finding your site, how they're getting. I mean, that's one of the things that I think's missed out from a lot of audits and things. Looking even the brand traffic, the amount of times that um, I look at brand searches and things people that come to the website sort of looking for how to do something and they've got no information on the site about that. So I think that's where it really ties in with UX as well, because people are looking for something to do with your brand, to your business, they're getting to your website and you've got no information on it. So yes, you're getting traffic. So that might be considered a success for you and you're ranking for it and things, but if they're not finding what they want, then what's the point? I mean, it's more of a business issue in a sense, um, but often you can surface load. I mean, the likes of login pages, um, that seems to have been the one that's come up in a lot of the audits I've done recently. People are looking for a login page and you'll find the page that's ranking has nothing to do with the yeah. login because they've no indexed their, their actual login page. So they're, they're ending up on some random support page or something. And, they're getting thousands and thousands of people that all they want to do is log in. Like in the same way that you were saying that that button that the the business might think, oh, it's not very important. We'll hide it out of the way. But for them, people that want it, 
don't make life difficult for them. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's where you need to look beyond SEO. And you can get very blinkered about just how do we rank? How do we get people the website? Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Going back to the audience thing, I think uh, I think that is a specialism in, in itself. Most of my work, I'm looking at who's already coming there. And I'll often try and get a lot of that information from the rest of the business as well, because often I'll find the people I've worked with, they've got a particular type of customer. So I'll try to get data from them or information from them of how they use the website or the tool and um, then work out, well, how do we get more of them people that have been finding it really useful already? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think SEO is more related to marketing than ever. You know, if we compare yeah. to uh, common marketing, because SEO uh, has destroyed uh, marketing uh, tips that I don't know where I could, uh, you know, for example, I like to read books that were, uh, were written before digital because uh, mm. authors of these books uh, thought about audience, about customers, how to help them. Yeah. Then SEO appealed and what we uh, almost all specialists started to cheat the system, to game the system. I was one of them because I didn't know other methods, <laughs> but Google uh, be became much smarter. Uh, and today it's almost impossible. I think it's possible. Anything is possible, but it's tough. It It's tough to cheat the system. And yeah. if you can play by rules, you can get much better results. With white hat SEO, it takes time, but you can get better results. Uh, it takes time. You need to have patience. But... I don't know uh, about other digital marketing channels. For example, uh, how to become uh, an Instagram star uh, overnight. I don't know how. <laughs> you know, you can't get a uh, million followers on LinkedIn uh, for a few months. It takes time, you know, to grow yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything. And uh, uh, even in paid marketing, when someone can tell me in pay-per-click, I can get results for a few days. No, you can't. I know companies that lost 500k with yeah. their own strategy yeah. it takes time to analyze yeah. and jeff i want to ask about experiments testing i often don't know the question i can analyze customers i can uh, have my extended experience i can speak with uh sales people but uh, it's tough to choose the right solution and we need to test like in paid marketing, like in any other marketing. Uh, can you tell how to provide SEO experiments? Because it takes time, like, <laughs> uh, I don't know, some time to get results. Uh, can you tell more about that? <laughs> yeah, it's really tricky. And it's one of them things that I always feel I should be doing a lot more of myself. Um, a lot of the time it gets overlooked, um, but I think there definitely is potential to do it. Um, sometimes I think it is the case that it's worthwhile just doing something and not worrying too much about it. Like sometimes you can spend more resource testing it than you would just doing it and going with what is probably going to be right. Um, but then there are a lot of times when there's the middle ground where it needs to be tested. Um, one of the tools that I have worked with a little bit is, I might have the name wrong, but I think seotesting.com 
um, I've tried out a little bit and that's that's really interesting in that it facilitates the there's a few different ways you can do testing and I used to do this manually sometimes just with Google Analytics where you would make changes on a site but you would have a test group of URLs so two different ways of doing it you either um, look at your data before and you change all of your pages and look at the data after and see if there's been any impact that way or the other way is pick a test group of urls so say you had a blog and you wanted to um i don't know add something to the um boilerplate you thought that a, a link would work really well in there so you could change that across half of your pages and monitor the impact on the ones that changed versus the ones that didn't um and that's it's completely possible in an analytics tool or whatever but um i've found that using this tool that plugs into that sort of thing it helps facilitate that helps you analyze it um you can use like so data studio but the biggest part of it i would say though is being clear on what you're trying to achieve where most of the experiments i've seen fail is that someone's had an idea they think this will improve things it gets done we look at the data afterwards and whether it's been a success or a failure is interpreted whether they want it to be a success or failure because mm -hmm. i mean we all know you can interpret data however you want to but if you have criteria set out right from the start so we need to see for this to be a success we need to see an increase of traffic by more than x percent to warrant the resource of making the changes so you need to be very clear on what success looks like or failure looks like um, and then what you would do based on because a lot of tests and experiments don't get act upon um but then again i suppose that i'm thinking from a client mindset and bigger websites some of the best testing i did was sort of in the earlier days of my career just setting up a website and playing about with things and breaking stuff and see what works and i think that's where you can learn a lot as well having a kind of a playground almost your own website where breaking stuff isn't a big deal you're not like playing with a client's brand or anything and try stuff out, mm -hmm. try different content, break stuff, see what works because it's often surprising what doesn't, doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, I yeah, think I for think... agencies or even businesses with a, a team of digital people, it's worthwhile having a standalone website that doesn't matter that you can break. Yeah, exactly. Jeff, one topic I can't ignore uh that was simple uh impossible tomorrow but today almost all marketers use ai it's part of our job it's not similar to other industries uh, um, uh, according to data 25 percent of all occupations adapted to ai so 75 percent still ignore this tool and marketing probably 99 0.99% use AI, uh, at least uh, adapt to AI to think how this tool can bring more results. And uh, let me share a short story about yeah. uh, a mother. 
uh, and um, she uh, has a child, a kid, a small kid, um, and um, uh, this kid uh, had uh, some disease, and nobody uh, could figure out what kind of uh, illness this kid has, uh, and she spent three years to go to many different doctors, uh, if I remember correctly, 17, 17 doctors, and all of them gave different uh, predictions, diagnosis, anything, uh, treatment, uh, but the issue was there, uh, this kid didn't grow, uh, stop uh, uh, developing, uh, and uh, uh, after that, this mother took 17 different uh, analyses, you know, and put to ChatGPT, ask for solution. And ChatGPT found how to treat this boy. ChatGPT analyzes data from 17 different doctors. You know, uh, I think in marketing, someone is good with content creation, someone is good with link building, PR. Uh, uh, in, it's the same with medicine, yeah, uh, when doctors uh, are good with someone, but they can see the full picture. Uh, after using all this data, ChatGPT found the treatment, and this boy is uh, fine. Now uh, he got the right treatment. Uh, I, I don't want to describe, I'm not good with medicine, to tell <laughs> what kind of treatment is better to read the story. Uh, but... Um, I want to ask about uh, SEO. What do you think if we took data from Ahrefs, Google Search Console, Google Analytics, I don't know, from many different tools and put to ChatGPT? Can ChatGPT tell how to get SEO traffic? Um, I I think it's one of the, the going back to your example, um, the source of that was the the doctor's reports which you would have a level of trust in um which i think is the key to it so a lot of it depends on what you put in so if the like so you mentioned about using um your data from google search console and things so that would be the data element but the ai would need to have some kind of input on how you how you get traffic so the danger there would be is what it's going to learn from so if you let it loose on the internet so what's in google there's so much rubbish content out there the danger <laughs> is going to be it, it would base it on so many unproven um blog posts that have been churned out and the source data is going to be so so sketchy Whereas, I mean, if you were to do it, maybe uh, I'm trying to think. It, I think that where it can be really powerful is if you plug in the right data. So if you had a lot of case studies where very specific tactics were used and they had some specific success um, things, then maybe you could start building up a trusted data set and that certainly get it to learn from there. And, I think we will get there with that sort of thing. I think it'll get really powerful. And I think with SEO auditing, there is a real risk or hope mm -hmm. there that 
<laughs> I think it should get really powerful um, in terms of I see us getting to a point somewhere down the line where the likes of Sightbulb or someone plugs in AI and it starts being able to take it from what I mentioned before about it being a symptom to recommending solutions and things like that. Um, but it's probably still going to need someone to look at and clarify and double check and sense check because um, I think the same issues would still apply in that the, without double checking and without someone to look over things, there's so much of a, a risk when it comes to making big changes on a website um, that someone would need to oversee in the same way that I'm assuming the solution that came from the AI, from the doctor's reports, someone looked at that and said, yes, we can try this um, treatment. It's not going to be damaging. It's a sensible idea. So it's someone controlled that AI. So I think that's where we need to get clever about things. And I think the content side of SEO is a really important, yeah. sort of good I example of that. Like, Writers are really panicking because people are churning out content. And I think anyone that's doing the same level of content that AI is churning out probably should be worried. But there's also an opportunity there to do the ideation, do the briefing, do the like, how do you integrate in the rest of your website and how to utilize the AI? Because someone needs to usually manage the AI. Of course, yeah, um, and expanding the skill sets to do that. A hundred percent. I think uh, um, companies still need someone who can write prompts and who can edit results. Because if you ask me to write any content about topics like weight loss, about uh, I don't know taxing, accounting, I can't. And I tried. I tried, but I get generic information and I, I have no idea it's quality or not. But if you ask me to do it with SEO or digital marketing, I can. You don't need to ask me. I do it every single day <laughs> to, yeah. uh, to play with ChatGPT. I speak with this tool more than with my wife. So uh, I love this tool. And um, I think, uh, I, I don't remember exactly the study, but uh, the study shows that uh, all people in consulting niche will be fine because uh, companies need someone who can handle the process. And uh, I disagree when can tell, someone can tell AI can replace humans. Of course, uh, some humans AI will replace. And we see today this picture when uh, companies fire uh, are firing uh, writers, content creators. Uh, but uh, if you give results, nobody will fire you. If you provide yeah. great results. Uh, and uh, uh, if someone lost the job, you need to play with AI to think how you can get results with AI because I get a lot of great results with AI. I know how to use this tool because I spend so much time on this tool. Uh, and I think it's the same with anyone. You need to think how to adapt because if someone has experience how to write great text, if someone has experience to how to get SEO traffic, uh, they can beat in one side someone 
who have the same experience but don't use AI. So uh, AI only the tool it can help a lot, but it, yeah. it's not a golden button. We need to handle the process. Uh, Jeff, yeah. I want to ask about your experience. I love this question. My audience yeah. is asking me this question a lot. Uh, how to start from scratch? Um, let me explain uh, who can ask this question. Uh, students who are looking for ways how to start from scratch and uh, business owners who want to get the basic because we usually get great results with customers who know uh, SEO. So if they know why we need to create high quality content, why it's important to think about traffic value, then getting more traffic, we can cooperate and get good results. But if someone can think consulting, freelancers, agency will decide all their problems. It's a wrong way. You need to understand. It's the same like if you want to learn French. The best tutors can't help you. You need to work hard, uh, but these tutors can lead you in the right direction. Jeff, let's imagine you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. It's your first day in SEO. You didn't write anything. You didn't learn anything. You know about Google. You know Google exists. <laughs> you yeah. can you use a few times you know, to search for products. <laughs> so what will you do today if you started from scratch? Um. I, to be honest, I think I would have a similar approach to what I did originally. Um, obviously, an updated version of it. But I mean, I think what we have now that probably didn't when I was getting started is a lot more resources online, um, which probably makes it more difficult because you don't know what to trust. Um, I would go off recommendations. I mean, um, Aleda Solace has got a really good resource at the moment um, with lots of educational um, sort of resources on there, like other people's there. And there's, I, I assume they'll be linked from there, but there's a few people running courses at the moment as well that I've seen pop up. Um, I, I've got to say, I can't remember names, but I can drop some links in after. So that would be my starting point. And then, the next part would be putting that into practice. And I mentioned this before in context of texting and testing and things. Um, but I originally started in affiliate marketing very loosely. So um, in a sense that I, well, before that, I started was building websites for people. And then I discovered SEO and realized, well, I can sell things on websites and get a commission off it and that provides a really uh, safe way of testing things out so you've got motivation because there's potential to make money there you're not just doing it as a pure learning experience you can set up a website you can sell things um, if you were going down the blog route maybe you could use ads instead of affiliate marketing um, but the key part is you can put what you've learned into practice. You can make that content. You can make them technical fixes. You can optimize your site and you can see how Google reacts to that. You can see what works and what doesn't. You can break it. Um, you can potentially make some money and you can see what actually works from a business perspective. So that would be the approach, I think, for the likes of a student getting started. Um, slightly different scenario if you're a business looking to get into it um 
because that's probably not the way you're going to want to go. I would say the first step would be still the same in terms of learning using the online resources, um, getting an understanding of the basics, because I think that's where a lot of businesses um, get tripped up in that they jump straight into trying to deal with the likes of a consultant or get someone to build them a website. And if you don't have a base level of understanding, it's hard to know what you need, what you want. Um, and I mean, there are some not great providers that will rip people off. A lot of the time, though, it's just a case of um, poor communication, as in a business doesn't know what they want from their website. They don't know what they want from SEO. So the who they're approaching doesn't necessarily know how to match that up to services so you can end up losing money that way so i would say the first part is definitely just get that pure education try and understand what you need and then beyond that it sort of depends on where you are in terms of if you already have a website or not but i would say with things like that treat it like any other part of your business like there's a lot of people they build up a really good brand offline they've got a bricks and mortar business they've got a shop and then the online versions seem like a poor relation and it's all a bit scrappy and they kind of lose the brand in there but you need to treat it just like any other business asset mm-hmm. and that might be investing someone to do the specialist elements of it whether it be writing your content or um, building the website itself a lot of people treat that as a um, something that they don't want to spend money on but you need to invest in it in the same way that you would do a shop refit or something like that. Yeah, valuable, valuable. And Jeff, before I will ask my final question, I want to share my experience as a user. Uh, I googled information. Uh, I asked on Google, uh, can I drive Tesla on Florida uh, with autopilot self? Uh, drive uh, car uh, then uh, I spent so much time to read a lot of articles uh, publications pages and I couldn't find the answer to simple question I asked the same question on uh, Bart Google and got reply for a few seconds uh, the second time I decided to find some legislation documents about uh, US and uh, uh, I can't say how much time I spent, like an hour, around an hour to find information about a simple question. I asked the same question on BART and got reply for a few seconds. Uh, in my company, we spend so much time with blogging because uh, blogging uh, blogs still bring more traffic than uh, any other channels in SEO, plus 50%. But I, I'm not sure about the future because of my experience of searching on Google. If chats can reply to questions much faster, much better, why I need to think about the great future of blogging? Uh, and uh, um, I, I know that people can say different opinions about that, but I see when people more often use chats. And Google is going to launch search generative experience. Uh, we have Bart. We have 
ChatGPT, Facebook, uh, Snapchat uh, have own versions of chatbots. Almost all websites use them. Uh, so tell your prediction about blogging. Uh, what do you think? Is it a good idea to handle your blog, to go ahead uh, in the long run? If chats can steal your content, rewrite without even linking to you. Because I remember when SEOs complained about Google that feature snippers uh, steal content, but feature snippers at least link to you. <laughs> Chatbots don't link. So yeah. your prediction about the future. <laughs> It's a really tricky one. And I've been speaking quite a bit about this recently. And I, I'm not... Well, I'm not definitely not convinced exactly where it's going to go, but I think it depends a lot on the authority side of things. So it all goes back to the sources. There needs to be solid sources. And already what we've seen from Google um, on how they're testing things, they're starting to pull in um, to their SGE. I keep getting the acronyms mixed up, but their new AI um, stuff. They are pulling in. Um, links to the website so they're um, citing the sources of information and things and I think without that people need to be able to trust the answers so you need to be able to give that and I'd be surprised if that's not where a lot of the others go as well um, because I mean you mentioned chat but it needs to come from somewhere still And it needs to come from authoritative sources. Otherwise, it could be seen, especially when you're asking something about, like you mentioned about Tesla, can I, if that was something that you were actually going to drive in that state and you needed to find out before you went, if that comes back with the wrong answer because someone wrote it on a dodgy blog somewhere and you decided went to drive and then got arrested, you're not going to trust that. And you think about all of the, the queries every day that are around health and things like that, there needs to be an authority, a person behind that. And I think that's where Google's going with all the EAT and things like that. And I think them things are going to get joined together. And I mean, the recent update, um, the useful content update seems to be tying in with that as well. It's all pulling back to who created this content. So it's we've had a lot of um, updates in the past about the actual content itself, but we seem to be going more into a phase now of who produced this, what are their, what's their experience, are, is that person a source that we should be listening to and believe? And without them sources, I don't think any of these things really work. Um, so there's got to be a way to reference them. So it It's a tricky one because as SEOs, how do we leverage that? Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know. I don't think it's going to be in the same way necessarily, but I think there's got to be a benefit somewhere. Otherwise, if people stop producing any of this information, they're not going to have it. Yeah, I remember from history, Google overcame AltaVista and Yahoo because of more accurate results. And... Uh, I think AI is only in the beginning of this journey. Uh, it's only beginning. We don't know how chatbots will reply to questions. 
in the future, probably more accurate. And users will switch attention to places where they can get find answers faster. But it takes yeah. time to change habits. It takes time. It doesn't mean that SEO is that tomorrow. Uh, it, it takes decades you know, to change habits. You know, uh, advanced people can uh, use much faster, uh, but it doesn't mean that I stop using Google. I'm using Google, but I'm using chatbots as well. So I'm looking for the best solution for me. And I agree, we need accurate results. Uh, sometimes I can find wrong uh, answers on Google as well, but uh, chatbots can give more wrong answers. It depends. So I usually uh, ask on chatbots with prompt like, please don't fake me. <laughs> give me accurate results. Yeah. If you don't know the question, please don't give me anything. <laughs> it's really tricky. I mean, you see all the horror stories are just nonsense coming out. But then again, you get that on Google as well. I mean, yeah. I've had some cases recently where I've been looking for a product or something and the search results are filled with well, affiliates yeah. and spam and all sorts of things that I can recognize are not being right, but a normal user might just take them at face value. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of rubbish yeah. got to disappear somewhere down the line, I think. Uh, and for me, I think uh, it doesn't matter what kind of future will be. SEO is that or not. It doesn't matter because customers have attention to special places. Marketers on TV and radio didn't lose their jobs. They adapted to digital. And if you have experience to create high-quality content, this content will work at any channel. On TikTok, on uh, any other channel, including chatbots. So uh, if yeah. customers will switch attention, you can find the way to adapt. If you adapt fast, you can get results, even if SEO is dead. <laughs> so my prediction yeah, about definitely. That. I mean, SEO is always dead. But if you get too caught up in specific tactics and things, you get left behind. You've got to just evolve with it. Yeah, but we still have time even with SEO. But when SEO is dead, use this experience to adapt to a new channel. Jeff, it's a big pleasure to get my show. I love it. So valuable. Tell the best way how to keep learning for, uh, from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Um, Twitter, still on there a little bit, and LinkedIn, their best two places. You can find me on both of them just with my name. Mm -hmm. Nice, guys. You can find links to LinkedIn, to X. Uh, ex Twitter, ex <laughs> so, now, yes, <laughs> yeah, uh, used to that. yeah, you can find all these social media platforms accounts in the description below on this podcast. I recommend to anyone to follow Jeff on X on LinkedIn. Uh, I follow because I know I need to learn something new, valuable. Recommend to anyone to follow, to keep learning. And thanks, guys, a lot for listening and watching us. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.